Hello and welcome to Morning Coffee with Jesus. I'm Rebecca and today we're going to be talking about catching a thief. The reasons why you would want to catch a thief and what to do after you catch them. So stay tuned for today's message. So we're talking about catching a thief and I know this is probably a strange topic but I first want to explain what a thief is and their whole motive behind what they're doing. Well, in John 10.10, it tells us the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I, which is Jesus, have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now this first part here talks and addresses the thief. A thief is coming in to still kill and destroy. They're coming in to take something away from you. Well, we know that Satan is our adversary. He is a thief and he's always coming at your life to still kill and destroy. The first thing he wants to steal from your life is he wants to steal away the word. The word of what? Well. God's word. God's word is truth. It is a light to your path. So Satan does not want you to get a hold of that revelation. He doesn't want you to know how you can prosper. He wants to make sure that you have complete separation between you and the knowledge of God. He wants to steal that word that we've read or that we heard at church or from someone who's ministered to us. And he wants to make sure that we don't get that on the inside of us because he knows if we begin to believe the word of God and we take that as truth, we're going to start applying biblical principles to our life and we're going to see a drastic change in our life. Now, the next part about a thief is he wants to kill. He wants to come in and just completely take everything from you. Once he steals the word, he wants to not stop there. He wants to keep going. And then we think, well, that's as bad as it gets, right? But then there's another part where it talks about to destroy. Well, how in the world can he destroy anything else if he's already stolen and if he's already killed? Well, he's going to continue to go outside of just your life. He's going to try and get in your kid's life, into your family. He's going to work his whole way around to cause complete devastation and cause destruction every area of your life. This could be finances, your health, your mindset, everything. The enemy is not your friend. He's always there to put obstacles in your way to get you to where you're always feeling set back or failing at everything that you do. Because he knows if he can get your focus off of God and get you focused on what's bad and feeling the pain right now, then you're not going to be able to see hope for tomorrow. And that's why we're talking about catching a thief today, because the Bible talks about what happens when we catch a thief stealing. So you're going to get excited really quick today, but let's first address the thief. The thief is the enemy. It is Satan. Now, a lot of times we will pinpoint a person as a thief, right? If someone comes and they went to a store and they stole something, we say they're a thief and they can get in trouble for those things. And yes, there are consequences to natural things that we do. But 
I want you to know that no matter if maybe you were the thief in the past, that there is still hope for you. That if someone stole something from you and it completely destroyed you and ripped you apart, there's still hope for you too. It doesn't matter which side you're currently on. Today, you're going to find out that there is victory for you today. Now that we know who our enemy is, right? Because the Word of God also tells us that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the darkness of this world. There are things that drive people to do bad things. Who is that? That's the thief. That is Satan. He's trying to get into your mind, get into your thoughts to where he can shift your perspective of a person or of a thing and allow you to say something or do something that's not right. So what happens when things have been stolen from your life? In natural sense, right, you would call the police, you would tell them what happened, and they would do what they could to find the person and to seek justice. But what about Satan? How in the world can we catch Satan, the thief, and then what do we do after we catch him? Well, we're going to go to Proverbs 6.31 and find out what the Word of God tells us about that. Let's actually start in verse 30 here. It says, People do not despise a thief, for he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. Yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all his substance of his house. The Word of God is telling us here that when a thief is found, when he is caught, he owes you sevenfold. He doesn't just have to return to you what he took. He has to give back sevenfold. Why is this important? God is always trying to increase and multiply in your life. Satan is always trying to subtract and divide. There's so many different things that Satan has taken from you, that he's tried to take from you, that he's still trying to take from you. And God wants you to have restoration, not just in a sense of, oh, look, I'm going to make it back how it was. He's a God who restores it back to its original creation. And I know there's a lot of things that are going on in your life right now that may seem like there's no way that I could get sevenfold back. And in the midst of destruction, in the midst of pain, that's exactly what it will feel like. But I want you to know that God has a way of escape. He's made you the victor and not the victim. The enemy wants to keep you in that low state to where you do feel like the victim. Like you've been beaten, you've been tied down, and there's no way out of it. And I want you to know that even if death has happened in your family, that God can still comfort you. He can still give you a peace. He can still give you that purpose in life that you may have felt like you've lost. Satan wants to continue to pour onto your pain. Just like if you get a cut, if you pour alcohol on it, guess what? It's going to burn. It's going to sting. It's going to constantly remind you that you just hurt yourself. 
but God will come in and he will wrap it up. And at the time, it may seem like nothing's happening. It still feels bad. It still hurts. But in that stage to where it's being bandaged, it's being covered, underneath it all, what's happening is it's mending back together again. You're growing new skin. If it's a bone, your bones are being healed. They're being restored. You can't see it and you can't feel it the moment it happens. But immediately, your body begins to try and heal. But just like in the natural, if you've broken a bone and you continue to try and walk on it, you don't have a boot, it's not in a cast, and every time you step, it's like it just breaks worse and worse and worse. It's the same thing in our spirit. If we experience the enemy stealing, killing, and destroying in our life, and we continue to try and take another step without God, and we're just listening to the bad report after bad report, and we're looking at what we can see, and it just looks like complete devastation. It's just like taking another step on a broken bone. But the moment you pause and you say, I need help, and you cry out to God. You may be in the most vulnerable state of your life. You may be crying. You may be yelling. You may be speechless, not even knowing what to say. But when you stop and you say, I'm going to take a breath. And that's maybe all you can do right now is just breathe in. You're allowing yourself distance between you and the problem for a moment. And it's resetting your mind and your focus and your attention. And instead of looking or saying what you can see right now or how you feel, you choose to look up and say, Lord, I need help. I need you to come in and mend. You know, I think of heights. I'm not a big fan of getting up on tall things and trying to walk across little tiny things. I know this is a big adventure thing for people now. Like, you know, they do all the zip lines and stuff. And I've done zip lines and things, but there's different areas to where if you feel insecure or you don't have full confidence or trust in something, you're not gonna be able to let go. So for example, my son wanted to do this zip line and I was so supportive. I'm like, yeah, son, that's gonna be so great. You're gonna have so much fun. So I take him over there to get harnessed up and he puts on all his gear and then he turns and he looks at me. He's like, why aren't you putting on the stuff? And I'm like, oh no, I'm not gonna do it. I'm here for you. And he's like, well, I don't wanna do it by myself. Now, I have a choice right then and there to be like, listen, son, this terrifies me. I'm not going to do it. But if I were to say that, what it's going to do is inflict fear into him to where he's going to question, well, should I not do this too? So I put on a smile and I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, I'll do this with you. And in my head, I'm screaming. I'm thinking, what are you saying right now? You do not want to do this. I'm like, it can't be that bad, right? Like so many people, I just watched all these people do it. Cannot be that bad. Me trying to convince and motivate myself that I can do this, right? So I get geared up and I'm fine for right now until we get to the stairs. And now we have to climb all the way to the top here. And every step that we took, the more my mind was like, 
you can't do this. I don't even know why you put all this on. You are gonna have to tell your son that you can't do this. It's not gonna happen. And then I'm trying to again, no, yes I can, yes I can. I cannot let him see that I'm afraid. I'm here to support and encourage him. So we get up to the top and it comes down to it's mine and his turn. And I knew if I went first that he was not going to do it because I already was shaking. I don't think it was as noticeable as I thought, but like I felt like my whole body was shaking. And so um, it came to his turn and I'm like, all right, bud, your turn. You got this. And he's like, okay. He hops up there. They get him and he goes and it's like no big deal. And I'm like, okay, great. He did it. He's safe. Great. <laughs> it's awesome. Now again, I have another choice. I can be like, well, he did it. Good. I'm going to walk down now because he did his part and the end. But I've already made it this far and I'm like, no, he's expecting me to do this so I can do it. So I get up on this ledge and they make you step up on this platform. And as I do that, literally, I cannot look down. If I look down, it, it was like my whole mind was just freaking out. And so I literally had to tell myself, do not look down, do not look down. And as I shifted my eyes to looking either straight or completely up, it allowed me to breathe for a minute to where I wasn't focused on the potential fall or all the bad things that could potentially happen in this situation. And as I focused on looking ahead and looking up, it gave me a sense of peace and knowing I am well able to do this. So as the person was standing beside me, he's like, all right, I'm gonna count to three and then you're gonna go. And I was like, just give me a couple more seconds. And he's like, okay. And again, there's a line behind it, so I knew I couldn't take too long. And I was just, took that time to breathe, to refocus. And then as he counted me down, I was able to let go. If I would have continued to look down and look at all of the negative things that my mind was thinking, I would not have been able to let go of that pole. Because let me tell you, I had a very tight grip to that pole. And I was thinking, do not let go. And this is what we do in our life to where we hold on so tight to that pain. We hold on so tight to those failures, to all of the lies that the enemy has given us, and we can't release it. Now, I know if you've been through things, are you going to be able to forget them? No, you're not. But when we focus on God, when we focus on what he has enabled us to do, it allows us to release that care and turn it over to Him. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to cast all our cares on Him. Not just some of them, but all of them. Why? We are not meant to carry a weight. We're meant to give those cares to God to where He can give us that freedom and that liberty that we need to see the hope for tomorrow. But what the enemy wants to do is he wants to hold you in condemnation. He wants you to focus on all of the negative, all of the bad that's around you. Romans 8.1 tells us, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I want to point out a couple things here. For one, it tells us there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. 
When you've asked Jesus into your heart, that condemnation is released. You no longer have to be in bondage or enslaved to all of the bad things and the mistakes that you've made in your past. Now the enemy will lie to you and constantly try and get you back into condemnation. Condemnation is simply surrendering to the enemy. You are not made to surrender to Satan. We're made in the image and likeness of God. And if God is not surrendering to Satan, you don't have to either. In fact, the Lord revealed this to me as I was preparing for this message and understanding that condemnation is a real thing and that, man, people will try and put condemnation on you and Satan will try and put it on you. And it happens so many times when we feel like something bad's happened in our life and we start trying to analyze and figure out, well, why did that happen? How could have I prevented that from taking place? And we take on that guilt and that shame. And what the Lord was showing me is A thief doesn't need an invitation. What do I mean by that? We know that the only way a thief can come in is if he, what? Breaks in to the home to try and come in and take something of yours. Well, a thief wants an easy target. They don't want something that they're gonna have to work long and hard for. They wanna get in and get out unnoticed. But what happens in life is we get busy, and we allow the cares of this world to play a huge part in what we say and what we do. And then, like I said, there's consequences to things that happen in life. And because of those consequences, we say, well, it was my fault. But just like I mentioned, a thief doesn't need an invitation. Not only that, just because you leave a door unlocked doesn't mean that you invited that thief to come into your house for dinner. I want that to sink in for just a second because if you've ever been going around and doing stuff and you have a routine of getting in bed and you know, you go, you lock all the doors or so you thought you did, but because your mind is all over the place, maybe you forgot to lock the back door or the front door. You go to sleep thinking everything's good, but then a thief comes, they try and open the door and guess what? it wasn't locked. They come in, they take things, and then they leave. You then find out, ah, I forgot to lock the door. This is my fault. If I would have locked the door, this wouldn't have happened. That's condemnation. And that's where the enemy will put you, that it's your fault. You're the reason that this has taken place. Now, there are times where we can take ownership for things, but what I want to get across to you this morning is just because the door was left unlocked doesn't mean that you have to throw your hands up and surrender and say, ah, take everything, that's it. No, when the thief comes in, maybe there was an open door. When the thief comes in, instead of you surrendering to the enemy with condemnation, you rise up and say, I am fully equipped and prepared for battle. So just because he came in and he's standing in your house, prepared to take everything you have away from you, you again have a choice. Am I going to surrender and let him strip me of everything? Or am I going to stand up in faith and say, no, you get out of my house. You will not take one more thing 
from my life, from my family. You not only speak out, but you're prepared to engage in battle. Not on your own strength though. You know that the only way that you're fully equipped to beat the enemy is by having on the full armor of God. And with his protection and his guidance, you're able to move forward and the enemy will flee and run out of your home. You stopped condemnation right when it started. So maybe you have left some doors open in your life to where maybe you feel like this is my fault. I'm the reason that this has happened. Choose to stand up and say, I'm not going to live in condemnation. The Lord forgave me from those things. He showed me the areas where the door was opened or the door was unlocked. And I have went and I have locked those doors and he's not going to get in again. The only way we can do that, and I want to share this scripture with you in 2 Timothy 3, 16, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The scripture, the word of God equips you to where you are fully armored, to where you're able to withstand every fiery dart that the enemy tries to throw your way. No matter how bad it looks, no matter how painful it feels, you're able to stand and say, God's on my side. He's going to see me through this. Ephesians 2.10 tells us, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has already prepared the way, the plan, your provision. Take time this morning to open the scripture, to read his word, to put on that armor, to be fully prepared and armed. So no matter if a door's been left open or unlocked, if Satan tries to come in and still kill and destroy, we're gonna put a stop to it. We're not gonna allow him access into our life. We're not inviting him over for dinner. We have our guard up and we're saying, no more Satan. Will you come in and still kill and destroy? I'm not living in condemnation anymore. I've caught the thief and you owe me sevenfold. Don't just let him run off. When you catch him stealing, killing, and destroying, you go to this scripture and say, God said, you owe me sevenfold. Catching the thief may not sound like fun, but not allowing him to continue throwing you down and keeping you where you are will liberate you. It will change the direction, not just in your life, but in your family's lives, in people that you come in contact with every day because you have made a decision not to allow the enemy to take away from you any longer, to not steal your peace, to not steal your joy. Because you're in the word of God, you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So sometimes you may just need to laugh. And I know that may sound strange, especially if you feel pain. And you may start out with a fake laugh, but start where you're at. It may be a fake laugh, but the more you do it, it will turn into a joyful laugh, a genuine joy, the joy of the Lord. Because you're putting joy 
and love on the inside of you by reading God's word, spending time with him, and it's restoring and mending all of the pain, all of the bad things in your life. And in turn, it becomes a testimony that you're able to share with others that can bring them out of where you once were into a new future and a new hope with God. So I hope this has blessed you today in learning how to catch a thief, what to do after you have him, that he owes you sevenfold and that you refuse to let him take anything from you anymore. I want you to know that we love you, God loves you, and you're never too young or too old to fulfill the call. Bye, you guys. We would like to invite you to follow Morning Coffee with Jesus for your cup of encouragement. We want to thank our friends and partners for helping us spread God's word around the world. If you would like to give or become a partner with the ministry, you can scan the QR code or visit morningcoffeewithjesus.com and click donate. When you give, we are able to tell more people about Jesus, help in our community, and give back into other ministries. If you have a prayer request or would like to stay connected, you can visit morningcoffeewithjesus.com slash stay connected.